Hello, everyone, and welcome to this CargoFax Industry Pulse webinar. The CargoFax team is proud to deliver actionable insights and information through our premier aircraft symposiums presented regularly throughout the year. We don't want the conversation to end at the close of an event. Each monthly webinar is designed to give you keen insights into crucial industry trends and developments and to be a reference for you as you move your business forward. I'm Charles Kaufman, your host and senior editor of CargoFax. It's now my pleasure to welcome our guest speaker for today, Frederick Horst, who is Managing Director of CargoFax Consulting. As many of you know, Frederick is a longtime air cargo industry participant and is among its most creative thinkers on new business trends and opportunities. He has worked at Qantas, CargoLux, DHL, and Airbridge Cargo, uh, among others. And Frederick will be revisiting the topic of passenger freighters, which is a topic that uh, few would have expected the market to be able to justify in, in early 2020. Um, that has persisted in, as we move into 2021. Uh, so Frederick, I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's definitely a topic that doesn't seem to go away. And um, yeah, 2020 introduced a lot of freighter haters to the concept of a freighter in the form of a, of a passenger freighter. So um, really what we've, what we've seen in the, in the last year, we've seen about um, 200 airlines worldwide operating um, passenger aircraft in, in cargo only configuration. And if you go onto cargofax.com, you've got an interactive map as well that shows you who's actually been doing it. I mean, first and first and foremost, some of the biggest carriers in there have been doing the most. Um, got Emirates and 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 uh, Qatar Airways. We've had in North America, we've had United Airlines pretty active in in, in that field. And, and that's also reflected in their revenue results as well. They've um, really seen a big increase in in um, in cargo revenue over over time. Um, in in Asia, we've seen most of the major carriers um, in, engage in passenger freighter type operations, so Cathay and and uh, China Eastern, China Southern, Air China, Japanese carriers uh, as well. Um, not everybody has gone as far uh, as as taking the seats out of out of their aircraft, but there's still about sixty three or so airlines by our count that have actually taken the, the seats out of their aircraft. And, and Ethiopian has really topped that list, taking a seat out of anything from a from a dash eight to a to an um, from a dash eight to a to other narrow bodies to a triple seven three hundred ER to even seven eight seven nines and eight three A three fifties. So um, what we're seeing in the in the market at the moment is that um, there's still quite a quite a level of, of passenger freighter activity. I mean, it, it did peak uh, around May, June last year when, when, when rates were sky high, where, where capacity was particular, particularly tight. And it dropped off after that, um, pretty much in line with the PPE traffic drop at the time, but actually started picking up again in the, in the latter half of the year and, and before Christmas as well. So at the moment we're in a situation where um, on, on most major trade lanes, China to Europe, we're looking at about 150 flights, 150 to 200 flights a week um, on passenger freighters. China to North America, um, about 100 to 150, and um, Europe to North America, around 100 to 150 a week. Obviously, it dropped off um, in, in the new year, but we're actually seeing things pick up again as well. And rates are quite quite high levels. They're almost in December, peak season rates were, were, were 
pretty much at the kind of levels that we were seeing in, in May and June last year. So that's provided some incentive to do that. Now, the economics of, of passenger freight is a very, very tricky. And, and in a nutshell, they only tend to really work when, um, when somebody else is footing the bill. Uh, this is, this is a, a slide that we actually put together, an analysis that we put together um, way, way, way back middle of last year um, when um, fuel was about 70 cents a gallon. It's about a buck 40 a gallon now. Um, rates were about six, seven bucks a kilo. There were rates that were higher, but the, you know, we're really looking at average market market rates. And, and what we found at the time at, at fuel at 70 cents a gallon, if um, if someone's paying your crew costs and you're treating your, your aircraft leasing costs as sunk, then you can actually make a decent profit on that. Um, rates are at a, a pretty high level at the moment, but fuel isn't. So I, I still struggle to find, um, to, to figure out how the economics of, uh, of passenger freight is actually, actually, passenger freight is actually work. That being said, I mean, for some regions, passenger freighters have really been a, uh, been a lifeline. And, and what we saw um, throughout the last nine months is that, that carriers have particularly pulled capacity cargo capacity, freighter capacity out of, out of Latin America, out of Africa, to a degree also out of the, the Middle East, and deployed them on east-west routes, so China to, China to the US, China to the Europe, and, and also transatlantic, just because um, the, the rates justify that. I and mean, if you take a carrier like Cargolux that, that, had a, that had a very long list of destinations in, um, in, in Africa, they're pretty much only serving Joburg and, and Nairobi at the moment. So, and, and you see that in the numbers here. So what this, this chart here shows is um, passenger, um, move, well, passenger numbers, um, cargo tons and movement numbers for different regions around the world. Um, obviously passenger numbers have, have dropped off everywhere, um, but there's quite some big differences in the, in the cargo numbers. So while you have North America that's actually not down at all in terms of cargo numbers, partially driven by US domestic, but, but also by, by a surge in, in imports because imports are up for 2020. Um, Europe not down as much, Asia not down as much, but really Africa, Latin America, Middle East, um, are down quite substantially in terms of volumes. And, and that's not necessarily just because demand has disappeared. There has been some demand that's disappeared, but it's, it's also been driven very much by, by capacity. So yeah, that's, that's, that's really in a nutshell what we, what we see happening. We do see more, we do expect to see some more passenger freighter operations taking place because passenger capacity just isn't coming back um, in, in the way that we probably would have expected middle of last year just because international travel remains so, so restricted. Um, and until then, I think they will play a role, but the, the economics of passenger freighters are, are still rather questionable. All right, Frederick, thank you very much for, for that overview. And I guess one of the questions that's on everybody's mind as, as we, we look ahead, and I, I apologize, I'm gonna ask you to, uh, to pull out your crystal ball here, but you know what, what do you see as, as some of the, the factors that are going to have to a line in terms of passenger aviation recovery um, in order for us to really see passenger freighter operations move out of out of the, the picture. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I think there's underlying willingness to to travel in the market. I'd, I'd be pretty happy to to hop on a plane if, if I had the chance to do it at the moment. But the, the, the big problem are, are travel restrictions at the moment and, and the, you know, the risk of ending up in quarantine when you arrive at your destination. Um, and, and, and that's quite problematic. Once, once we find a mechanism for that, then that will provide some stimulus for, for international travel, at least business international travel. Uh, leisure travel might might be uh, might be behind in that sense. So that's going to be a key factor on on intercontinental markets, and that's where a lot of the passions of freighted capacity has been um, being operated as well. And there's not much of a safety valve in terms of um, in terms of extra freighted capacity out there in the market. I mean, we're in a, we're in a situation where the where the share of the parked fleet is at historical lows. Uh, aircraft retirements. Have actually been very very low for a number of years now. Um, there's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of extra capacity in the system, uh, unless you're looking for you know old DC tens and seven four seven two hundreds and uh, and seven two sevens and so on. But that's not really gonna, that's not really going to help us out of where we are now. That's fair. And I, you know, one other thing when I look at the the variety of airlines that have. Uh, taken the plunge and, and you know, so many have removed seats. Um, you know, we, we see carriers that have not previously taken much of an interest in, in cargo and, and logistics. And some have, have started to uh, warm up to the fact that, um, you know, maybe it's, it's time to, to move forward with the full conversion and add dedicated freighters. Do you see this? I mean, I mean, to what extent do you see this potentially happening or, you know, are, is this, this um, phenomenon going to, to seed some additional freighter um, freighter growth? I, I, I mean, we on the consulting business, we're getting a lot of requests from airlines that have previously not been in the freighter business to start booking business cases for the, for the freighter business. And, and um, the conversion houses all tell you the same story, that they're getting a lot of um, customers that um, potential customers that wouldn't normally be looking at freighters looking at freighters. So particularly in the um, in the narrow body and the medium wide body space, which is traditionally you know you can count the customers on on one hand um, being the big integrators, but you have actually some combination carriers that are that are going into that market. I mean, take Air Canada for example, right? I mean, they're getting into into seven six sevens. We, talked about it before Sri Lankan there's some smaller carriers as well I mean if the expectation is that that passenger capacity is really not going to or I should say passenger capacity is there right but the, the demand is not going to be there for the next two to three years then there's countries that actually really need and want this connectivity and if, if you have a, a narrow body or a medium wide body in your fleet and you can do the business case, and get a payback over two, three years on that, then then actually makes economic sense to, to do that. So I do think we're going to see more carriers getting into the cargo business. What happens with all this capacity once um, once demand comes back is a different question. But if you can make the business case on a two to three year time horizon, then um, then I think you're in, in safe territory with getting into freighters. All right, and that's a that's a great point. And you know, based on based on your your analysis and where we've ended up today, and, and your your thoughts on the future, um, you know, how would how would you summarize 
you know, maybe three key takeaways from, um, from your understanding of, of passenger freighter operations? Yeah, um, in passenger freighter operations, I still struggle to make the economics work unless someone else is paying the bill. Um, but there are enough cases where other people are paying the bill and, and that's why it's here to stay. And we've, we've also seen a situation where there's, there's such a shortage of cargo capacity in the market that the rates do actually sometimes justify doing this, and not just for moving PPE, but actually just normal traditional air cargo, air cargo commodities, be it automotive, be it other supply chain type, um, type cargo. I don't know All if right. that was three takeaways, was it? But uh... we were we were we were close. So we were we were discussing the topic last year. Are we going to be discussing it next year? We'll we'll, we'll see where we're at. Uh, but Frederick, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Appreciate your time and and research. All right, thank you. And to those of you joining us today, uh, thank you for for tuning in to this episode of Industry Pulse. With this video, you will also see a full transcript of our conversation, as well as Frederick's presentation. Um, in the meantime, Frederick and other members of the CargoFax consulting team will be joining us on a regular basis to share their insights and analysis. You can learn more about CargoFax consulting at cfcinsights.com. And until next time, we will see you online as well at cargofax.com. <laughs>